Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back to Shared History. It's history looking good. Oh, gross. Cass took like 10 extra minutes to figure out what tagline she was going to use. And that's the, the, the fact that that is what came out. Has I, think, I think the last episode my life. we did, I could not get through the tag. What was it? I don't remember. Um, and I'm just impressed I got through that one. I'm, so am I. Hello, I'm your host, Cass Maher. And I'm the other host, Natalie Younger. We just started referring to her as the other one mm-hmm. in life. It happens. It was weird when your parents started calling you that, though. I'm the third kid. I've been the other one (laughs) for a while. It checks out. Uh, And over there on the ones and twos, the bits and beeps and bops, we have DJ Rip. Bibbida beeps, bibbida bops, bibbida 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 hop, boom. Yeah, history. Here we go. Uh, This has quickly become my favorite part of the show. uh, DJ Rip will be dropping his album... Soon? Soon? Maybe. Uh, maybe we won't drop that one. Maybe not. Maybe we'll pick it up. Uh, welcome I, to Shared History. Welcome to Shared History, uh, where we share with you history that we wish we had learned in school, uh, or that maybe we did learn in school, but then promptly forgot. Or or, or it was not, even page count it should yeah, have. Yeah, or it was like a footnote. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Footnote history. Footnote history. Uh, never coming soon to you. <laughs> We're... Doing great. Uh, I want to start. I'm. I'm gonna get into like. I'm gonna get into my history and I'm gonna say it. Um, but I want. <laughs> it was the worst. I'm the worst. I. Uh, I wanted to start with just like a thank you, a little thank you message to all our fans. Oh my gosh, you guys. You guys are killing it. Yeah. Uh, one day I'll be better at responding when somebody I know says like, "Oh, I just listened to your podcast," because that's still super. Weird. Didn't you say you walked into? I walked in Laugh Out Loud uh, uh, theater in comedy theater in Schaumburg, and uh, uh, one of the wonderful gentlemen who works there uh, and performs there, Tony, said, "Oh, I was just listening to your podcast," and I just was like, "Sorry." You texted me and you go, "Tony says I was just listening to you," <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh. "Insert GIF of Homer disappearing into a hedge." <laughs> was my react. Uh, my mom just listened to it for the first time yesterday. So She's proud. Driving out to Colorado. Um, and as, you know, as more and more people listen and we listen, it has just made it abundantly clear that you and I sound exactly the same. We do. Yeah. But then it's like a really impressive ventriloquist act. Almost. Yes. It's more of that when we do dumb voices, they sound exactly the same. So there's a lot of times that like we'll do a dumb bit and I yeah. don't know who's doing the dumb bit. Yeah. It's like we clearly are two distinct separate human beings who sound different and unique. But when we bit over each other, it's like it gets lost. Yeah. We become one. We megazord this bitch. We are one, you and no. I. We are one. Okay, and um, family. We everyone check out Lion King two. It is underrated. I prefer one and a half. Uh, <sighs> wow. Um, we just broke up, but <laughs> but we got to finish this episode. To, That's awkward. Real awkward. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start as always uh, by apologizing before I go 
in to my story today. Uh, I literally changed my topic last minute because I happened upon this um, like yesterday and was like, no, very into this, going to do this now, which is a pitfall (laughs) of our research most weeks. Most weeks. Like I had this plan for a week and last night I changed it. Yep. Uh, But I just thought this was uh, super cool. And the more I read about it, the more I was like, like into it. Um, So my, my apology is that because I chose to do it last second, I don't, my notes are a little disorganized, mostly because as I kept reading, I kept finding more interesting shit on different sources, and then I didn't necessarily slot them in my notes in a logical manner. Yes. Uh, what's dangerous about this is I usually start on Wikipedia, right? This was a not a good one to start on Wikipedia. No, because like everything is quick. Well, who's this guy? Oh, cool. Wow. He did some weirds. Oh, my God. What? What? And then you're like, wait, what was my original article? It was nothing. I also will say that... Right before this, Natalie was on, was it like YouTube or whatever? And she I was, was just listening. Googling how to pronounce names of African kings and queens. Yes. Because I'm trying to make an effort. Yeah. Um, but turns out Google's not really helpful with uh, pronunciation of proper names. Yes. Um, but, but a noble effort. So I, I have a, I have a, like a little cheat sheet with some phonetic spellings, uh, but... Also, they, I, so I apologize in advance uh, for so many reasons. <laughs> but I want to tell you about the Amazons of Dahomey. Dahomey? D- damn it. I am already off to a great start. Uh, these, uh, so, okay. So the Amazons of Dahomey are the only female soldiers in the world <gasps> who at their time uh, routinely served as combat troops. And they remain the only documented frontline female troops in modern warfare history. What? So all female troops. Uh, and this is actually the thing that I'm most embarrassed I didn't remember to look up how to pronounce. Um, but the, uh, the army and the bodyguards in Black Panther yeah. are, uh, uh, lo- are like based, loosely, partially based on oh. uh, the, this all-female military regiment from uh, Dahomey. Um, and I can't remember what. And wh- where in africa are we okay here's where we're at um the kingdom of dahomey is in what is present day the republic of uh benin uh it's a it's a small country i'm gonna be so mad if it's not actually a country uh but it's a small country i've never heard of that it's bordered by uh togo on the west nigeria to the east burkina faso and uh niger to the north so I, there will be a map in our in our notes uh, if you're as bad at geography as I am. But I'm, I'm literally also, looking it up now. Well, I, I haven't pulled up for you. Out of curiosity. So there's the Ivory Coast, and it's just to the east. Oh, okay. So Ivory it's Coast. like so it's like right there. Um, it's like it near like Liberia. Like if you have a broad idea of what Africa looks like, it's yeah. like Western Africa. Yeah. If you know where the Ivory Coast is and Nigeria is. Like, if you bare minimum have that geography knowledge, See, man, it's I a little sandwich. Ivory Coast is on top, but it's under that little that little bump. The little bump. <laughs> Painting a picture for you, listeners. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Dahomey is actually often referred to as Black Sparta, <gasps> uh, which is also the title of a play uh, that is about the Amazons of Dahomey um, by Leon Gray. Um, which sound I want to see now. When did it? When was that written? I don't know. He's a he's a more modern playwright. Oh, though. okay, okay. Um, but yeah. So the the kingdom of Dahomey existed 
from about 1600 to 1894, when the last king, uh, uh, Benazin, King Benazin, that sounds right, uh, or Ben Hanzin, um, and his uh, and his troops were defeated by the French, and the Amazons, the so-called Amazons, were in were part of that battle. They played a key role in that battle, but mm. they were defeated. Um, the Amazons, as we well, first a little like nomenclature reference. I'm going to keep referring to them as like as the Amazons, but I also might refer to them as uh, the Mino. Um, they didn't call themselves the Amazons. The Am- like the name they're being referred to as the Amazons was because of the Europeans. So it'd be yeah. like Western visitors um, felt like were reminded by like these warrior women reminded. Uh, Western observers and historians of the mythical Amazons, correct? Of like ancient Anatolia and the Black yeah. Sea, and blah 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 blah. Greek mythology, mm-hmm. uh, something I know a lot more about. Right. Which always also back to Amazons. I feel like that always throws people because the Amazon rivers in South America. Yeah. But the origin of the story of the Amazons of, it, was not. No. Yeah. It's Black Sea, baby, baby. Um. But yeah, so so I'm going to call them the, I'll probably call them the Amazons a lot. I might also at some point call them uh, the Mino, which Mino. is the Fawn word. Fawn is the name of the language and like the people of Dahomey. Um, it's the Fawn word for mother. Um, oh. And it's what the, it's what for sure their male military counterparts refer to them as. But it's unclear of what they refer to themselves as. Got it. Um, but in a, a, because a lot of the record that we have on them to like place clear benchmarks and not just based in things from like oral tradition, mm-hmm. uh, happen to be like the reports and words of Westerners, the word Amazon comes up. Also, I feel like it makes them sound like heckin' badasses. Yeah. So, uh, so the Amazons are thought to have started during the reign of this is a this is a big one, the reign of uh, King. Uh, Uwe Bagja, Uwe Bagja, uh, unless it's a soft J, uh, who is the third king of Dahomey. Um, and that's so his reign was sometime between 1645 and 1685. Uh, to attempt to give you historical context, um, during kind of this whole time of these uh, women warriors, um, what else is going on in history? Uh, Plymouth is becoming part of Massachusetts. Uh, there's an oh. English Civil War, and the the Eighty Years' War ends around this time. Um, and what is most helpful for me as a historic benchmark is like when Oliver Cromwell's went around doing shit. Oh, okay. So like like Henry VIII. Yeah, but also like but like Henry Henry one because we're starting so far back in uh uh in like. It's I'm like getting my Cromwells through. confused. I'm thinking of Thomas Cromwell. Yeah. I just saw six last night, everyone. It was amazing. So I've got tutors on the brain. <laughs> are, do you have a, are you suffering from a brain tutor? <gasps> <laughs> no. Nope. I, uh, I've Nobody just, liked that one. <laughs> I've, just been, I've just been studying a lot lately. It's just, you know, me and my tutor. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh, that's kind of what's going on. Cool in history, a lot is going on because, like, literally, I'm going to be. This is like 16, like let's say like 1640s ish to like 1720s. So we're actually no beyond that. We're past plague, right? 
because in one of our previous episodes we had we briefly talked about how um like plague during this time swept like the bubonic swept to egypt and we never talk about that yeah and i think i said we never talk about the plague in egypt except for the big one you know yeah de- the biblical de- one that big one i remember i realized i had said that and then i felt very no we never talk about plague in egypt <laughs> never it's a it's just, a it's in our bylaws just locusts just locusts it's the only kind of plague that i'm into um i don't know what that means <laughs> uh but yeah, so this is so so because the Amazons because they're like we don't really know when they started, um, and like some sources are say, say it's during this the third king so and he was reigning sixteen forty five to sixteen eighty five so it's like they could have started then when so so what you're saying is this is when we first hear about the uh, the this is when we this ten- troop being originated this is when we tentatively first hear about them cool 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 because I. Uh, I read a bunch of sources. Uh, shout out to probably my favorite source was uh, the Smithsonian has a great uh, article about about the Amazons of Dahomey. Um, Hashtag sponsor. Yeah, please. If the, if the Smithsonian sponsored us, I would think less of them. I would as well. <laughs> I I would cease to trust them. Uh, just like I don't trust myself. Um, oh my but then others like say um, that they that they were, weren't organized until 1729. Oh, okay. uh, so I'll get into that. It's just kind of like, there's not a clear indication of when they started because it wasn't that women weren't used in the military. It's like how they were used. So right. this, uh, this, this, this one King, King, uh, uh, Uwe Bagja, um, started the group that is credited with starting the group that would, quote unquote become the Amazons. Uh because he, there was a core of elephant hunters, of all female elephant hunters. Um and there's a story in oral tradition that they went out on a hunt and they took down like all these elephants. And the king was like, that's dope. And they were like, <laughs> we'd prefer a manhunt, but whatever. The actual quote is uh quote, a man a nice manhunt would suit them even better. Uh or would suit us even better. And so that gave him the idea to bring him into the military. Um, what's but, that? What's that? Isn't there like a book or a TV show? Like man, the ultimate prey, or like yeah. where they drop a bunch of people on the Island and they're like, kill each other. I feel like there's, there's an episode of criminal minds where it's like they're hunting man. Yeah. There's, there's an episode of everything where they're like, yeah. go kill some dudes. Yeah. yeah. There's like uh, the game. Yeah. It's a game. Like Ice tea. There's also <laughs> The Condemned starring Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, where they drop a bunch of convicts onto an island with explosives on their feet. Isn't there like a, like an RPG like computer game or something that came out like after Hunger Games came out where it's like you're on an island and you have to like stay alive? I mean, that's what there's a PUBG lot of children playing is, this. right? A what? Isn't PUBG just like, is that what it's called? The game? I that's what it's called. I have no idea what it's about. But also Battle you're just, Royale. Yeah, like there's guys... We've been coming up with ways to kill other people for a very long time. We love and, it, and is as entertainment the and true, as the true the true position genre into itself. Yeah, it is. Um, so that's kind of why this. King but also, is that's like, kind of a badass. <laughs> we don't want to hunt elephants. Yeah, it'd I be like more that, fun to kill a man. Yeah, I like that. It's just like these women were kicking ass as uh, elephant hunters, and then we're just like, yeah, but like there are some dudes in our village that we'd rather fuck. <laughs> also, could you imagine being like? one of their adversaries and being like, Oh, like 
killing an elephant mm-hmm. didn't do it for him. I'm fucked. Yo. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of why like this particular king is credited with like, Got it. having the idea, uh, if not the execution. Because other sources credit his daughter uh, uh, for because there's written record of her having an all-female bodyguard mm. um, courtesy of European merchants who are probably like, look at those hotties. <laughs> uh, but uh, but then there's like also like other tr- like oral tradition says that it was her brother who created and used the Amazonian unit in the defeat of like a neighboring kingdom in 1727. And then there's also like uh, another king, I can't remember which king right now, uh, who, like, it said, organized women and had them um, march at, like, the back of, uh, at, like, the back of his ranks to make his ranks look larger in, like, 1729. Mm. Um, because there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that at the time of um, of having women, women in the military, quote-unquote, being used for, like, ceremonial purposes yeah or like parades uh or optical illusions right uh, of of just making their army look bigger but they're literally only armed with like flags like they don't have weapons got it it's Uh, like those how they throw like like oh cool i i get to play the drum while people are attacking us but yeah yeah but it's like i don't actually get to participate in combat drummers in the military like i never got that uh, it's like a parade cool but terrifying like, to me no yeah it's like they got nothing on them yeah. they're strapped with a little tom tom and i'm like Mm-mm. yeah not about that life it's, what are you gonna do just like it's is that why at rock concerts they like throw their drumsticks into the is it because it's like they're practicing <laughs> their marksmanship yeah small missiles yeah small range missiles uh, well and if you break if you break your stick then it's sharper so yeah. you may as well just like throw it directly and i'm sure that's eye. exactly what those little drummer boys did that's exactly what they Prump, did that's pom, what the pom. that's what the christmas girls so that's what the song's about. uh that's what it's really about guys you heard it here first um but we we know that they were in oh there's also like a whole other part of it where like women were being used were used as palace guard a lot because in the kingdom of dahomey at least men weren't allowed in the palace after dark, but women were. So they were great palace guards because like they could stay and like, wa- like protect the king. Why weren't men allowed? I don't know. I like, I imagine that it was like, there was an element of it that was because they could be up to shenanigans. I was going like, to say, cause like the, the, the queen or the, you know, the ladies in waiting and stuff were at the palace. You probably don't want dudes running around in there. Yeah. Also, if only women are allowed to be there, it's going to be very obvious if someone's there who's not supposed to be. That's what I mean. Is like I wonder if it's like if it was also just its own built-in like assassination protection mm. uh, or like protection from like a disloyal man or whatnot. Um, because also, it's funny that you should mention the uh, l- ladies in waiting. Uh, the king had many, like hundreds of wives. Yeah. So another name for uh, another name for the. Amazons was Amazon Amazonians. Amazonians. <laughs> Amazon uh, Zone. Uh, this episode sponsored by Amazon. No flex. Uh, zone was uh, it, some sources claim they called themselves the Ahosi, which means king's wives, because there's uh, a lot of sources that say that the original like palace guard uh, women were actually like third tier wives of the king like they weren't they weren't beautiful or desirable enough for him to actually like sleep with mm-hmm. um so, so we won't they, put you they got promoted promoted to being guards got it 
um, or like they were there because like like he married them because they were more uh, fit for like yeah. military duty. Well, and also in in any sort of monarchy tradition, no matter where in the world you are, if you are in the palace, if you are in whatever, you have some sort of rank. Yeah, like like cupbearer was a rank for something. Yeah. So if you're a guard, you're probably you know. Yeah. If you're a wife and you're like a lower tier wife, it's like, we're going to give you a status. Yeah. You look strong. Well, and also like we trust you, like you're not going to murder your yes. husband, but maybe, maybe it would. Yeah. Uh, so another reason why they use the word Ahosi, because that just means King's wives. The right. other, another reason they use that word is that for um, this regiment is that the King would marry all of the yeah all of like once they became like a full-blown military regiment some sources say that like the king was married at least in like name yeah to all of them because they weren't allowed to be married or have kids right uh because baby's gonna disrupt your your fighting your, your fighting your fighting times yeah um so that's another reason why that why that word was used no maternity leave for the no the Amazons. nope uh they need them um, we know that they were in full play at least from the time of King Gizo, uh, which is 1818 to 1858, um, through the fall of Dahomey, because that's when the kingdom became increasingly militaristic and more money and attention was being diverted to growing and grooming uh, the Dahomey mil- uh, Dahomeyan military presence uh, and reputation. Got it. Uh, and it was probably in response to like a big defeat uh, suffered at the hand of like a neighboring mm-hmm. uh uh, uh, African ethnic group, yeah. yeah. Um, the Yoruba is is the one that they claim that it's probably they suffered an embarrassing defeat, and then they were like, "Oh no!" Then they were like, "Let's at least put women in the back with flags so that we yeah. look bigger." Uh, so all of a sudden, the reason that they credit that that loss is that all of a sudden after that loss, the uh, Dahomeyan troops went from having like two companies to having six army companies. Oh, wow. And it's like, where did you suddenly get all this extra manpower? Because with like slave trade and also with just the fact that there was a lot of war going on, the population of Dahomey was primarily female because Mm -hmm. the men were getting killed off in battle. That's right. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So some sources say that before that, even they, before they were in their own regiment, they were just tacked onto the back of the ranks. Got it. uh, To make, the, the forces look larger. Um, the first so-called Amazons were uh, recruited, were said to be recruited from foreign captives. So they were criminals or slaves being forced into oh, wow. the military. But as the king wanted to grow the force, because the thought also there was that he could trust them because they didn't have any ties to anyone yeah. in the kingdom. So if somebody wanted to like turn them against the king, they couldn't. Right. It's like, why? Why yeah. would I choose um, you over this other person? Yeah, it's like not like they have like a family in the kingdom being like, yeah. we don't like this king. Also, uh, I mean, if you if you throw captives and non you know native people of your own kingdom in there, it's like, cool. We gonna throw you at the front lines. You go yeah, storm like them, expendable. and you're gonna you're expendable. You're gonna get hacked down, and you're gonna tucker them out, and then all of our highly trained and loyal troops will then sweep yeah. in. I'm sure. Um, but then they started recruiting. Uh, voluntary uh, well right. some of, some other involuntary recruits uh, this is just this is based on like hearsay and, and just like stories yeah uh, was that uh, 
it, it was said that when a, um, oh crap, where is it? Oh, that uh, some women became Mino if their husbands or fathers complained to the king about their behavior. If you don't, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to send you to the yeah. army. Or like your husband, your husband's like, you've talked back for the last time. Sending you to the army. <laughs> let me let me, let me send you, you to a place where you can be armed and highly trained. Yeah, yeah that'll teach you. Uh, but then also, <laughs> then logic. also, there's stories of uh, of one king um, of King Gizo, be, like basically telling all the families, like, send me all of your daughters, and then he would pick the fittest to serve. So he's recruiting, which was probably a mark of high honor for some yeah. of those families. Yeah. So like girls as young as eight years old, uh, or from or women who were already part of the king's wives women who are already like thir- the third tier right the the toes of the king's wives. well and it sounds like crazy like sending eight-year-olds off whatever but especially with that parallel of black sparta like it sounds like this was a very like at least in this time it was a a military state you know mm-hmm. it was like we pride ourselves on our army and we are growing soldiers like yeah. in sparta like as soon as they could walk they're going off and learning how to fight and, it's, and that's what they were known for. It seems like there wasn't too much like gender concern of like these are women, so they're soft and sensitive, and how are they going to handle battle? Like right. they just gave they like new recruits, male or female, went through like insensitivity training. Oh yeah, uh, which is like the opposite of what most corporate America has to go through now. Because <laughs> uh, so they were they were basically they their training was meant to hone any aggressive character traits that they had uh, and and hone them towards a Control purpose them. of war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, for example, uh, the for desensitization training... Uh, Ooh, I just hate that term before yeah. you even, even start talking yep. about it. Yep. Uh, the, they would... The women in, in this regiment would carry out executions. Oh, Jesus um, Christ. There's... Uh, Unblooded troops would uh, do a ceremony where they, it was an annual ceremony where new recruits, male or female, uh, were required to mount a platform 16 feet high, pick up baskets containing bound and gagged prisoners of war, what? and hurl them over the parapet to the mob below. Wait, baskets? Yeah. Like, so they just tucked, they just <laughs> nicely folded these bound and gagged prisoners of war in a basket. Yeah, they file folded them Marie Kondo style. <laughs> This does not spark joy. Throw okay. it over and then the they wall. threw it over that wall. Oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, so it was like a way that, the, and then they also would like scale walls that were covered in acacia branches, and acacia branches have huge thorns. Oh my god! And so they would scale them like in bare feet. Um, so these are like just some, some straight up of, like diehard shit right there. Yeah, like <laughs> they would get sent into the forest for like nine day campaigns for survival training with like minimal supplies or rations. Um, there was a. There's a these like, were like all the troops, not just the women. These were all the troops, but also like it, it sounds like some like it sounds like the women carried out most of the executions, um, and that that was part of like kind of like earning their stripes, if you will. Right. So um, they once they were in the military, they were not allowed to have children or be part of married life um, outside of their marriage to the king. Some of them were married before. A lot of them were virgins, but some of them were married before joining. Uh, so they were just like, you're not married anymore. Come join my army. Come join my army. Um, the regiment had like semi-sacred status. Uh, there were a few regiments. They had huntresses, rifle, rifle women, 
reapers, archers, and gunners. And I feel like most of those are self-explanatory, but I want to tell you what the reapers were armed with because it's badass. Please tell me. Reapers were armed with three foot long straight razors that you would wield with two hands and that were said to be sharp enough that you could slice a man in two. Wait, wait, wait. Break this down visually. So razors, like a sword, like a, a double edged sword. A, yeah, a blade. A just blade. A three foot long blade. And you said with two hands, so they had they one in each hand? No, they would, it was a dual wield weapon. What does that mean? Or two handed weapon, not dual wield. Oh, you dual had to hold one two. with two yeah, hands. Yeah, you held one. With, if you held one with two hands, you would have the strength and it had the sharpness to like slice a man in two. Oh, casual. Yep. Just a little bit. And one, one of the things I read, they were talking about the, um, the, this like ceremony. It was like one of these executions that a new recruit had to go through. And, and there's like a, from a Westerner, like a written report of it that he saw her, uh, uh, kill this man. It took, it took her three hacks to get through him. And then, uh, she like cleaned the blood off of her plate, off of her reaper and then drank it. And I was like, these bitches badass. So the, the whole like blood of my enemy thing. Uh-huh. She took it real literally. Yep. In the latter period, they were armed with like Winchester rifles in addition to clubs and knives. Because yeah, it was uh, 1600s. Like you figure it like that's when guns were and not invented, but that's when they were starting to be used widely in, in the military. Yes. And in Africa and uh, like in this like area, guns were being used by, uh, for, uh, for payment. So like merchants or uh would like pay yeah. with guns. A lot of them would be broken. Uh oh. so the the de, uh the Dahomeans became got very good at fixing rifles actually. Like they got they were known for oh, being wow. really good at like fixing them up. And even if they couldn't fix them up, they would still carry them into battle because a lot of it was the presentation of looking yeah. fierce. Um uh, also, you can swing that thing around. That's heavy. Yeah, that's basic. It's a club. You knock a guy out. Um, they, uh, uh, the so the Dahomeans were like the the women and the women regiment was, uh, was like so regaled and like they had like they couldn't participate in marriage or have kids or whatnot, uh, but they could. They did get like to like smoke it and drink it up with the they got, like, the male counterparts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they also got. Some sources say they got up to like fifty slaves per soldier, like to watch them or to to sir. Okay, it's I don't wait. Even. So they were like gifted, yeah. Like oh, it was wow. part. So so they they had status, yeah. Um, and they that was property owning. That's yeah. awful, but like yeah. But they a, so, uh, I, but I love that it's like no marriage and children, but all of the alcohol and tobacco you want. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. Uh, <laughs> you just have to casually be able to kill a man. Yeah, it's fine. And drink his blood. Uh, <laughs> and throw someone bound and gagged over a wall. Easy peasy. And that's all it takes. Uh, it, when they walked through the street, uh, a young slave girl would walk ahead of them, ringing a bell uh, to announce that they were coming and basically to make the men in the area aware they were coming so that they would like back the F off uh, and avert their eyes because these bitches so badass you can't look at them oh my god also they're technically the king's wives but also they badass right oh so that like that giving the uh, the women the status of wife like 
that gives them so much assurance in a their status within mm-hmm. the palace, the court, whatever it like legally or whatever binds them to the king. So they're like, well, you know, I know I have your loyalty because yeah. we've got this contract. And if anyone messes with them, it gives the king an excuse to mm-hmm. like, oh, that's actually really well, smart. And if if an Ahosi woman, uh, like, like booked with anyone else like if an Ahosi woman like had any romantic relationship with anyone with anyone outside of the king and the king wasn't really screwing with the with the right. women warriors they were busy they had shit to do yeah. uh they weren't just hanging out at the palace um the that was punishable by execution of both the oh i'm sure Ahosi and the yeah. the whoever else was involved um but yeah, so the uh, they they were super admired in battle. Um, an Englishman in 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 one of his reports from a battle documented that the women had three stripes of whitewash around each leg, which were honored marks of distinction. Uh, other reports basically said that the women were better fighters than their male counterparts, that they were admirable in hand to hand combat, and that they shot from they were admired for shooting their rifles from their shoulders. Uh, because the men were often firing from their hips, and so they because didn't have of the the the, the kickback flint and the, not just or the, the flint? kickback, oh, yeah, yeah. But they were they would actually have to like like light their whatever sometime, and a lot of people um, would turn their head if they held it up on their shoulder. They would turn their head because you could get explosions like on your face. Oh yeah, because it's like that. It's right by your eye. Yeah, and they're like, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna shoot you this way anyway. Yeah, uh, and so they because of it, they had like better aim yeah uh than just like shooting wildly from the hip uh they also were like said that to be able to reload faster than the men like it's just that classic example of like we have women have to be like twice as good at everything and i do think it's funny though that like you mentioned before we sat down that this time period would be around the same time as like the French salons, which just made me think of like what's going on with like women's rights mm. uh, everywhere else in the world. Yeah, and so it's interesting to me that these that these like Western uh, like Western men were in Africa and were like blown away yeah. by these the military fortitude of these Amazonian women. Uh, but then like went home, would go the, like, go home and then be like, but you can't study wife. You can't read. You're not allowed to read, uh, or attend meetings. It just, it, it, it also goes to show of like how much, how much resources you are wasting by barring women from doing anything. Yeah. Right. Like you're, you're missing out on, 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 on a, a workforce, on creation, on invention, on, um, on, on military and anything because of this arbitrary rule of like yeah. we can't use you cool like that's 50 percent more people you could be using towards whatever your goal or aim was yeah well and it just, it just seems wasteful it's and not smart and it's so interesting when you study like women in war because there are other like like stories of of women warriors like early women oh warriors. yeah it's just that these are the first ones that were like frontline and actually involved in combat well and it's it also goes back to the point of this of the show is that women were used in the military and mm-hmm. highly regarded and used a lot or heavily depended upon at home when all the men were gone at the uh, in, exactly. At a war. But we don't know this because we just talk about what we just talk about the battles. We well no, but we don't talk about these specific countries or these cultures when we talk about like 
women in battle like we'd think it didn't exist until you know yeah when, until we started doing it in america or whatever because we only learn about european history and we only learn about you know these countries that we're not utilizing women women were fighting five ever ago yeah well and and they and weren't but they're only we only hear about them when it's an interesting footnote yeah and well and in a lot of cultures like women were the hunters yeah uh but so I just love that, like the 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 Dahomeans lost a lot of these battles. Like they lost, <laughs> like because they were they were outnumbered and ill-equipped, yeah, uh, most of the time. But that, like, these reports would still kind of come home about, like, like from their opponents that would be like, yeah, we crushed them. They only killed like six of us. However, them ladies, though, because they were just so impressed uh, at 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 how they performed in battle and how like aggressive and the audacity they had yeah. and like how relentless they were um, during the, so there, so there's, there's two Franco, De, uh, Franco Dahomean wars. The first one, uh, the Dahomey, like the kingdom of Dahomey lost, but like f- France didn't take them afterwards. I don't understand why. Um, and then the, and during the second one, uh, the there were special units of these women who were assigned to target French officers, and they, a lot of them continued to do that after they lost the second Franco Dahomey. Da, da, it's so hard to speak Dahomeyan War um, because uh, the, they lost it, and and then afterwards the uh, a lot of uh, when Dahomey became a French protectorate, and everyone was like, how do we? go back to civilian life, especially these women who had been in the military since they were eight um, and are married to a now defunct king. Right. Uh, They would, uh, there's a lot of stories of them, of these women substituting themselves for Dahomean women who were taken into enemy stockades, allowing themselves to be seduced by a French officer, waiting for him to fall asleep and then killing him with his own bayonet. Oh! Yeah, and then a lot of other ones uh, disguise themselves as men, so, uh, or sorry, disguise themselves as men, or disguise themselves as the wives of the former king's brother, uh, because they they were connected to the previous king, so they would have been like killed. Got it. But like the previous king's brother needed protection. I was going to say what the what, what was the transfer of power like there? It was the, it was the kingdom became a French protectorate. I mean, like from king to king, because it's oh, like yeah, yeah. I've got four hundred wives. And now there's a new king. It's like, does that transfer over? Or is it just like... Yeah, I think a lot of them were expected to... Because I think they were supposed to like... Like they were... The, Re- when the French won the second Franco-Dahomian War, they disbanded the Amazons. Yeah. So in order for the, these Amazons, to, some of them to continue to serve the now king, mm-hmm. they had to pretend to be his wife. Yeah. Um, but it's... Yeah, there's just like... It's, it's so badass. Uh, there's a... French foreign legionnaire uh, who has a quote about them from the second uh, Franco Dahomeyan War that he says that uh, this man lauded them as warrioresses. They fight with extreme valor, always ahead of the other troops. They are outstandingly brave, well trained for combat, and very disciplined. Uh, and they thought that, and then another quote says uh, he thought them, quote, remarkable for their courage and their ferocity. They flung themselves on our bayonets with prodigious bravery. Um, so these are just bad ass heckin' ladies. That's awesome. That and I just I actually I found this story when I was I was look I was looking into 
another thing about women in the military and this was like basically a footnote or a reference in that research and i was like that please this i want this yeah and it's they they did wear uniforms i think that's kind of interesting like they started not in uniforms uh the women fought bare-chested just like the men did and then uh as the western influence in africa grew um i think it was king uh uh which one did i say king like Kizi or Giza um, was the was the one who like really uh, grew the Dahomean military. He's the one who put them in uniform to differentiate and like yeah to differentiate the different uh, regiments. Mm-hmm. But it was also just because he like saw all of the colonizers in yeah. uniforms and was like, all right, let's do it. Let's yeah. get jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> let's get <laughs> let's get team jerseys. Um, oh man, I love a custom tee. Same Z's. Uh, so yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, there's also like a whole interesting thing about like uh, how gender was seen among them, like whether they were seen as women once they became in the military. There's like some sources say that like once they disemboweled their first person, then they were considered like a man. Oh They're yeah, seen as a man. Um, gender is a construct. But yeah, and there's there's a translation uh, from from like an old uh there's an alleged translation of a war chant but this is really long if it's a war chant that translates <laughs> at, to as a blacksmith takes an iron bar and by fire changes its fashion so have we changed our nature we are no longer women we are men um it's like a like a soccer chant yeah. i was just gonna say <laughs> just like go on and they just keep going like in the like a high school basketball team yeah go fight win defense as a, <laughs> as a blacksmith fires an iron ore. We're men now. Um, so that is the badass uh, ladies of the uh, of the Milo or the uh, Amazons of Dahomey. Um, the uh, play, Black Sparta, looks like came out like either last year or 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, very, it. very recent. Thanks for that beat, Rip. Hot beat. Got it for you. Um, um, Shared History Pod Fam went on a, a field trip. Very recently yep. to a Chicago Red Stars game. We're talking about going to another one. I think we should get that chant going in the crowd. Oh, yeah. It'll totally work. <laughs> Everyone will I, catch on. Super catchy. It's like once you hear it once, it's easy to jump yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I just really dug that story. I and I was that. like, I wish like I could have organized my notes more, but I just kept getting super jazzed about it. I was like, what? Yeah. And this? And what there's um, shout that was out. A, it was it felt very well organized. Good for you. Oh, thanks. I didn't feel like it when I was doing it. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, another uh, history podcast that is also headed up by uh, some wonderful lady hosts. Um, the what's it called? The the stuff you should know network or whatever. It, <laughs> there's a podcast called uh, Missed. It's, it's called like Missed History. It's it's stuff you missed yeah. in history class. Um, they touch, they have a short little episode on this. Oh, cool. Um, that's also interesting. Not as hilariously funny as we are. <laughs> or wildly organized. Yes. Yeah, super um, organized. Also, so this sounds like something that like, I want to go home and, yeah. and read more. I want to see this play. I want to go. There's see also this like a bunch of, um, there's a bunch of other, if you go to the, the Wikipedia article and you're like about them and you like scroll down to the bottom, there's like a bunch of like books and movies. Yeah. Um, but the only ones that I had actually like heard of before, other than the reference to Black Panther, was I, I had heard of. 
I thought I had heard of Black Sparta, but I think I just had heard of like because they referred to this whole kingdom as Black Sparta. Yeah. Um, and your girl digs Sparta because Golden Age of the Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this sounds like something I would want to go home and read more about. And listeners, I hope for any of these episodes, if you want to be interesting, go read more about them and then. And if you find Email out something, us. yeah, if you find out something dope that like we missed, yeah, tell us. We we drop our little like our handles for social media and our email address at the end of every episode. Um, please use that because yeah. we always welcome cor- corrections and suggestions, and we want to hear like, do you know anything about this? Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Come oh, on the show. <laughs> my sister tried to correct me on something from our hometown episode. Uh, because I said that uh, Martin Avenue Pharmacy isn't on Martin Avenue, and she's like, "Yes, it is," and I was correct. Uh, so, so what you're saying is you're encouraging people to try to correct us, yeah. and then you're wrong. Well, come and try us. I was wrong in the sense that there is a Martin Avenue yeah. in Naperville, and the pharmacy used to be on it, right. but it is not currently. That's awesome. But, but please, please correct us. Normally, if you're not my sister, I'm very open to your correction. Love you, Kathleen. <laughs> also, uh, Kate, shout out to my sister. We are not dropping episodes weekly <laughs> yet. Stop asking. <laughs> Please stop asking. Or keep asking. It'll just make us feel better when we decide to change yeah, our minds about it. Validate me louder. Um, I want to jump over to my uh, my topic. Um, so I really, I really wanted to find something about disability rights in America because disability rights are very new. Like, mm-hmm. within the past maybe 70 years, like, it, it just did not exist. And you hear, like, horror stories about, like, asylums and everything. Those weren't that long ago. Yeah. Um, well, and what's screwed up about it even now is that, like, um, like ADA, uh, like, rules for just, like, access to buildings and whatnot like oh, especially yeah. in chicago and like older cities still non-existent well it's like those rules exist but they really only exist for like new builds or if you like renovated yeah. your space because there's so many old buildings that like so many places just basically get grandfathered in of yeah. not having to have an ada compliant restroom right and and disability it covers such a broad spectrum mm-hmm. of you know accessibility or um all these different things. And I really wanted to go, because I know a lot of really cool stuff happened in like the 60s and the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. about fighting for these rights. And then I came upon this story and I ended up not doing that. But that will be in a later episode. But the reason I came upon this is um, I was really looking for something about like mental health rights and all that stuff. And then came across a story which I think... So what you're saying is you were poking around the 60s and 70s. Poking around the 60s and 70s, came upon this. I think it's something a lot of us know about or, you know clearly know existed but maybe don't know a lot about it's, i don't know anything it's project mk ultra <gasps> i do know i was MK gonna ultra. say you do know about this um and the reason i i found this is uh well i'll just tell you what it is um on april 13th 1953 um uh alan welsh duels uh created mk ultra he uh he began the order for the cia to, I'm so excited. To do this. And then it was headed by a man named Sidney Gottlieb, who was an American chemist and spy master. Uh, basically, the CIA started this project with the aim to develop mind-controlling drugs for use against the Eastern Bloc, which was during the Cold War, like the Soviets and basically everyone on East. 
um, uh, you who so the Eastern Bloc response like they allege that the Soviets and the Chinese and North Koreans um, used mind control techniques on U.S. prisoners of war, mm-hmm. and so they're like, hmm, interessant. Let's look into that and maybe try it ourselves. Um, Can I ask a clarification question? Please do. Uh, when you say that Gottlieb was a uh, chemist and spymaster, spymaster refers to like you're you're not a spy. You're more of like a handler. Or is it more of like a Q type? Yeah, I think it's more of like, like he wasn't a spy, but he was running this organization that was within the spy cool, 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 cool. spectrum. Okay. He's like so, a spy bureaucrat. He's a spy master. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of him as uh, uh, he's a M. watcher from, he's just a watcher in Buffy. Did not watch a show. <gasps> wow. Second wow. breakup of the day. Wow. Wow. That's my Owen Wilson. I can only say one word in Owen Wilson. Um, so this was when, uh, like, if you've ever heard about this, uh, the government would give LSD mm-hmm. to, like, soldiers and then, like, study its effects. And they thought that basically they were using a lot of primarily LSD, but chemical substances and, um, like, brainwashing and torture techniques um, in order chill, chill, to chill 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 chill. chill, 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 in order to chill these people to break down their um, their mental state and whatnot, so that they were more susceptible to. So this is a different insensitivity training. This is a completely different kind, um, so that they would be more malleable to in interrogations, um, and that possibly they could use these people as agents. So a lot of times. They were essentially, they thought LSD would be, in in one article I read, truth serum. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're putting you in such a crazed state that you're going to give us information because you physically cannot control yeah. what is going on around you. Yeah, because there's so much truth to what's coming out of people's mouths when they're tripping balls. You know what? They're looking for that Harry Potter Veritas serum. Snape! <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just did one of those frat snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard it called a frat snap before. I don't know what it's called. Well, I think it's a frat snap. Now. I mean, it checks out. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah. So so this started in 1953 when it was MK Ultra was created. Um, MK referred Mary to Kate the, Olsen. Yep, she actually was the poster child. No, um, MK referred to the specific. Um, like tier or office that it was in with okay. it was in the CIA. I don't remember what it stands for. It's not, it doesn't start with an M and a K it's something, but of it's course like, not. when we say MK it refers to like accounting over there. Yeah. But it wasn't accounting. It refers to being like, okay. Yep. Okay. We're not going to talk about this. And then ultra is a word used by the CIA, meaning it's the highest level of. Hi. <laughs> Just saying, you're telling an LSD story. <laughs> um, but so this happened. So this went from 1953 to 1973, I bet, about. Um, it. Let's see. This is so interesting because the government was so like anti like hippies and anti like recreational drug use. Well, so this is what created hippie culture oh because there was like oh, the, i love when the government creates something they hate right 
um, the opioid crisis. Ugh. So so in like in like the 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 fifties and whatnot, like reefer madness and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, reefer madness. So reefer madness. Ken Kesey, who wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which mm-hmm. is actually how I came upon this, because I was I was I found a lot of stuff about deinstitutionalization, about how. Um, Anyone with any sort of mental illness was just thrown in an asylum and there was overcrowding. Yeah. And they just were not. And they being, were just given hallucinogenics or like, or like. But even, even before I oh, think okay. I was, I was thinking about Alistair, found out about this topic. It was, this was how my brain went. I was like, ooh, mental, mental illness and then institutionalization. And I was like, how did they kind of break from that? And then there was like, Ken Kesey, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He volunteered for MK Ultra, Like when he was a student at, at Harvard. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do, I'll get paid to take LSD. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so inspired by it that he, when he finished the study, he started promoting LSD. It's like, guys, this is great. It's awesome. I'm a writer, magic, whatever. And they say that is what, like he helped influence and spread hippie culture. When he was like, quote unquote, out of MK ultra. Yeah. When he finished. Cause, cause a lot of times it was, they did horrible things to people, but they, they did, some of them, they were just like, hey, students, come take LSD, cool, bye. You know, it was and like other an times elective. They were like taking people from institutions yes. and torturing them and drugging them up. Yeah. So um, they they had a lot of like fronts that, that the CIA operated under. And it went through like 80 different like institutions from colleges and universities to pharmaceutical companies to um, sex workers to... Uh, medical organizations and uh they experimented on these people prisoners drug addicts and sex workers and someone said people who could not fight back as one agency officer put it sometimes they would go to brothels and find you know men who would frequent them and then they would so essentially blackmail blackmail them because they would be too embarrassed to whatever okay um, so did they also like basically kidnap people? They did. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of this, and so this goes back to the, the, the concept of informed consent. If you're going to do any sort of research study now, you must, there must be informed consent. You must sign a contract that says, this is why we're doing this. This is exactly what we're going to be doing to you. These are these, the risks. These are the risks. These are the benefits. Because now a lot of times we think of it as like cancer treatment yeah. or whatever. So it's like, if this works, this could happen to you. If it doesn't, this could happen to you. Mm-hmm. Are you of sound mind to agree to this? And does someone see that? Yeah. Like you have to go through all that. This, not only did they not do it, sometimes they would just slip shit in your drink or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was one guy um, who was in... He was like an agent with the CIA, and his name was Olson. Where is his name? Um, they said he died of defenestration. And I was like, what the fuck is that? That means thrown from a window. It means thrown from a window. Like, yeah. he threw himself from a window when he was on LSD. I was like, that feels like a very fancy official way to say that. And he worked for them. It's one of my favorite words. It's a great it's word. It's a great word. Defenster means window in German. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, now I know. Now I understand. I took German in high school That's- and... Funny Fenster to the bond. That's I learned how to sing that in German. The Germans. I wouldn't be surprised if like the word defenestration is basically a, originally a German word because it, it seems okay. No, it, it seems like something that the Germans happened, would give a specific name to, like it, Schadenfreude. It was, <laughs> and it happened in like some because I looked this up. It was. Uh, it was. It defenestration started like some Prussian war, or whatever. 
Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they threw a, this guy threw himself from a window or was thrown from a window. And then that started like one of the Prussian Wars. I think that's like why I know it. the word. Yeah. Is... It's like a moment in history. Um, a little bit of context of when MK Ultra was beginning. Um, so World War II ended in 1945. Okay. And then the Nuremberg trials were going on in 1947. So... Uh, the Nuremberg trials were war criminals. It was German war criminals. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, there was a, a separate, there were a bunch of different trials for different specific things. And there was one called the doctor's trial. And so this was specifically to do with examinations that the Nazis would do on, um, on Jewish people or whoever they were throwing in work camps. Cause there was a wide swath of people they were throwing in there. Um, and they so were, is this like basically just like a trial for like the Mengele's of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the doctor's trial during Nuremberg was like, you know, tell us exactly what you did to these people. And we'll That's decide wrong. if it was science or wrong. Exactly. So, um, one of science or torture, a fun new game from Hasbro. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, one of these people, uh, let's see, where is his name? Um, Donald Ewan Cameron. He was a uh, a British doctor who was brought into the Nuremberg trials. Uh, he, wa- him, and a um, an American psychiatrist were invited to the trials uh, for a psychiatric evaluation of Rudolf Hess, okay. who was a German. Um, he was like a high-ranking German official. Um, and it's, they were the ones to be like, this was wrong. You guys did horrible things to people. Um, basically just, you know, like this, this was wrong. And we're trying you for it. And these people, you know, uh, Donald Ewan Cameron was the like kind of moral guidepost where he was like, I'm telling you, you know, I'm, I'm saying, like, informed consent is necessary. And doing these things to people, torturing these people, was a horrible thing. So Cameron was part of MK Ultra, And he was the one that was promoting this, like, any means necessary, whatever. It's like, you literally tried Nazi war criminals. And this is what you took away from and it. And this is what you took away from it. Um, before his arrival in Nuremberg, he wrote... Uh, the social reorganization of Germany. Basically, he's psychoanalyzing Germany as a country in which he argued that German culture and its individual citizens would have to be transformed and reorganized, which, I mean, kind of makes sense. Like, this horrible thing happened. A lot of people didn't know about it. A lot of people were duped in by this propaganda. So a lot of, like, Mm -hmm. Nazi sympathizers, I mean, they were brainwashed into this essentially right and it it changed the face of the world right the way that this country kind of assembled and whatnot so naturally to rectify this we need to change the way germans think and we need to reorganize and we need to go away from this dictatorship whatnot it sounds logic right but then he he had this concept of strong versus weak and he was like strong people could have withstood, you know, the right and the wrong. Okay. And weak people who are, you know, anyone with mental illness, anyone who could not. Because they're calling them this. weak when it's really just like the people we took advantage of. Exactly. And I'm like, and so he says, uh, the people that the system is designed to uh, oppress. Yeah. 
Um, so it says, Cameron started to distinguish populations between the weak and the strong, those with anxieties or insecurities and who had trouble with the state of the world were labeled as the weak. In Cameron's analysis, they could not cope with life and had to be isolated from society by the strong. The mentally ill were thus labeled as not only sick, but also weak. Cameron further argued that the weak must not influence children. He promoted a philosophy where chaos could be prevented by removing the weak from society. Hmm. What does that sound like, Cameron? You know what? I don't trust somebody whose last name is Cameron. Kirk? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got issues. I got some growing pains with that. Fool me once, Kirk Cameron. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, he was kind of in charge of this. And he kind of had this, like... Just like, you know, if we got an idea, like, we'll try it. Like some of the things they did in this, it was a very broad spectrum. Like it wasn't just we're going to give LSD to people. It was we don't know what the fuck's going on. We're going to try anything and everything. This was dubbed like there was this paranoia after um, after World War II, but at the beginning of the Cold War, which started in 1947, I believe. Um, and... They're like, uh, anyone can be a communist. Um, we don't know what's going on. Nuclear crisis had like began at this point. This was when chemical warfare and biological warfare and this psychological is, warfare began. This is America's uh, experimental adolescent years. Yes. Where they just tried shit and didn't care about the consequences. Right. Because dad doesn't understand them. <laughs> they are Michael Shannon. And from they're Shape also of Water. like super paranoid yeah i mean it was like mccarthyism right now yeah um the red scare and all that this is like when you're in high school and you're convinced that your best friends like secretly hate you (laughs) yeah this is what this is leave it to me to turn everything u.s history to like (laughs) place it in your in your personal timeline yeah absolutely do you want to apologize to any teachers right now natalie no, I love them all. Okay, cool. Um, Ooh, but I do want to mention, uh, because my sister brought it up. No, my sister brought it up to me, and it is relevant to this time period, um, that uh, I forgot that I took a class. Uh, oh, crap. I can't remember what it was called. I took a class. Uh, I think the teacher was uh, Mr. Dicko. And, uh, and I thought it was, I thought it was uh, like U.S. history through film. But she called it something else, and so maybe she took a different one than I did. But what um, it was about it. Uh, well, U.S. history through film was U.S. history through film, right? Uh, but there was a oh no, I didn't take this one. There was a special class, uh, special topics Vietnam class uh, that my sister took that like also touched on. Uh, I don't know if it touched on MK Ultra, but I feel like. This era. It's ad- adjacent, yeah. Yeah, this era of paranoia. And so, like, some of the some of the things, some examples of other things they did, um, they, like, studied bird migrations. They're like, maybe we can alter them and use them. And, like, there was an instance of they, they put, like, a robotic chip in a dog and got it to stop and turn around by pressing a remote. They were Stop y- fucking with dogs. Like I wrote that down specifically to be like, if this if this is just kind of going over your head and you don't realize, like, yeah, whatever. They fucked with dogs. Yeah, if you're okay with the fact that they were kidnapping, uh, kidnapping sex workers, blackmailing uh, people, uh, just locking away anyone with mental health issues to like experiment on. If you're cool with that, if you're cool with all that, let and, me tell and, you this, and that they got these ideas from nazi doctors <laughs> right uh then 
let me see how you feel about they was they were messing with dogs. Yeah. Well, and so some of the like everyone knows about like the, the LSD stuff, or whatever. But these are some of the these were the methods they used to manipulate and alter brain functions. Um, surrep- Please tell me so that I can learn. Surreptitious administration of LSD and other chemicals, hypnosis, so sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, and other forms of torture. Like they were just what what awful things can I do to break you down and then manipulate you? Sounds like college. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm on a real dark I streak got today. Dork. They they were not only trying to um, elicit confessions from people. They were using this. Uh, they they had these methods of. They were trying to. Uh, um, what's the word? Uh, induce amnesia. So, so like that then you would be stronger. In yeah. So so say you get interrogated. And you hear this trigger word or you see a trigger, whatever, that we've planted for you. You will just forget. Yeah. So you can't spill the beans. Sorry, my headphones. Vamp. <laughs> uh, other awful Camerons in history. James Cameron. <laughs> uh, yes. James Cameron. David Cameron. Oh, yeah. Oh. So many bad Cam... Sorry, and James former uh, Miami Dolphins head coach, one of their worst head coaches of all time, Cam Cameron. Cam That's, Cameron. Yeah, they named like child Cameron up. Cameron. Those, those, I don't trust those parents either. Yeah. Exactly. One in 15. I don't trust I'm those done. parents because there's parents last one name. Is also Cameron. Yeah, they went one in 15. No, yeah, they went one in 15 that year. I'm, I'm ending the beat right there. Uh, beat, hey, hey, Rip. Drop. Hey, Rip, take a walk. Take a walk. I'm gonna go walk this Take road. a lap. I'm gonna go cool out. I'm gonna go get some more water. <laughs> water. Water. Um so so they also were trying to so inducing, you know, confessions from people, being able to stop their own people from confessing to things, and also mind control and manipulation. So they were seeing if they could create a Manchurian candidate, which I don't know if y'all have read that book. I have not, but I know a little bit about it. Basically, this this soldier comes back from war and like starts killing like high ranking officials or whatever. But he doesn't remember it because he has this trigger. And when he has his trigger, he like has like temporary amnesia and doesn't remember what he did. And he also doesn't know like what he's doing. So his trigger was like the Queen of Diamonds or something. So any time he saw the Queen of Diamonds, he would just like black out and come to. He also had a terrible gambling problem. It was really bad. There's a lot of dead people. But so they thought like, Ooh, what if we could create that? Um, And (laughs) I I don't, I don't know the guy's names, but he was the first civilian who was made the directorate of central intelligence. And so, oh, so his name was, I, I mentioned him at the beginning, Alan Welsh uh, Dules. Um, so he was known for, like, all of these coups in, like, the 50s. Like, he was, like, botched Bay of Pigs. Like, that was him. Okay. He overthrew something in, like, Iran that ended up causing a huge conflict over there with them, like, oil and shit. Like, he did, he was just not good at his job and did not do good things. So he was in charge of this. Um, Isn't there an airport named Dulles? I think there is. I don't know if it's him. I doubt I ho- it is. I hope not because he was given a medal by Kennedy. And they just kind of like swept this aside. They just were like, you fucked up a lot. Here, yeah. have, this, have a gold star. They did awful shit to people. But so you'll like this. This is also what kind of made me decide to do this topic. Um, in 
1973 after the panic caused by Watergate. I love Watergate. I know. Um, so CIA director Richard Helms ordered all MK Ultra files to be destroyed because there was Watergate was yeah. a breach of information yeah. and all that stuff. And so they're like, oh shit, we can't let people know about this. Burn everything. Yeah. But some of this stuff, 20,000 documents, um, were misfiled because they were filed as financial records. Yeah, because MK Ultra's totes accounting. They're totes. It's the accounting. Yeah, it's just Karen in accounting slipping people LSD. Oh my fucking Karen! God damn it, Karen! But but I I think it was it was uh, filed as financial because there was so much like so many like fronts where they were yeah. just pumping money into this. Canada got the, in on this. Even the people in the CIA were like not, they, they believed the fronts. Yeah. The, <laughs> like most people didn't know. So Canada was also like highly involved in MK ultra, the government of Canada. Not and they Canada. started, I know. And they started doing like, they were joint doing this with the United States at a certain point. And they pumped like 500,000. It was, had to be more than $500,000, but like, they pumped a ton of money into this knowingly. A lot of people put a lot of money into this not knowing exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Canada was fully aware of this. Um, they said the like the total amount of money that the United States put into this was... The United States spent an estimated $10 million or more, which now, due to inflation, would be $87 million. Oh, God. Right? That's a lot of money. I just, it really broke my heart knowing that Canada was in on this. Yeah. Um, and and, no, and that they knew. Yeah. Canada ended up giving uh, $100,000 to each person who was affected by this. It was like 127 Canadian participants that they know of. Um, there was a case of uh, a, a U.S. Army veteran who was subjected to a lot of this, who tried to sue the government and it got put down because... There is, I think it's called a Ferris clause or something, and it's you like can an, like an Anna Ferris or like a Ferris wheel. Ferris. It's like F E R R E S. Oh, neither. Yeah, not a Bueller, not a Ferris. Um, but so there's there's like some law or something. It's you cannot sue the government for anything that happens to you in the government or in the in the army because like if you get shot, you can sue the government. Yeah, whatever. like yeah. it kind of makes sense. But when the government is like. Doing this doing bad shit secretly. Um, there was a lot of uh, uh, court stuff that happened, and Sandra Day O'Connor was actually one of the people oh, okay. who dissented in that case, yeah. that specific case. Um, and the other one, I can't remember his name, but he was like his dissent speech, whatever, was basically like, "Y'all, this is fucked up," <laughs> and yeah, you can't sue the government for like harm incurred, but also you can't be screwed over by your government. Yeah, you can't you, sue the government for something that you knowingly yes, signed up for and, that goes, and were briefed on. Right. But when the when the government is is doing things that they are that is not constitutional, it's like you mm-hmm. shouldn't treat anyone like that. You have rights. And and yeah, then, you shouldn't take an idea that you got from Nazi doctors <sighs> that you put on trial. It was just how like self righteous that was that dude was about it too. It's like, wow, you guys are Awful. Also, I'm going to separate you weak Germans from you strong Germans and then do tests. It was just it was just really fucked up. There's so much more information on this. Um, the One of the lyricists from The Grateful Dead, though, he was part of this project. And I actually wrote down, I don't think this was a lyric, but it was a quote of his. Um, 
Robert Hunter, he wasn't in the Grateful Dead, but apparently he was like basically considered a non-musical part of this group because he sent him a lot of lyrics. And this was something he wrote. Because he did a lot of LSD. He did a lot of LSD. So I don't know if he was on LSD or if this was about it. And it goes, sit back. Picture yourself swooping up a shell of purple with foam crests of crystal drops soft nigh. They fall unto the sea of morning, creep very softly mist, and then sort of cascade tinkly bell-like, must I take you by the hand ever so slowly type, and then conglomerate suddenly into a peal of silver vibrant, uncomprehendingly, blood-singingly, joyously resounding bells, by my faith, if this be insanity, then for the love of God, permit me to remain insane. Add some LSD bullshit right there. I like to think that you just recited like a spell and you don't know what it is or what it does. But we're going to find out. Guys. Tomorrow we wake up with like scales on our <laughs> do you see, body. Do you see that purple rabbit over there? I, I thought only I saw it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I feel like permit me to remain insane is like a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Uh, so, so, so Ken Kesey w- voluntarily did mm-hmm. this, uh, this MK Ultra project. Robert Hunter, who, crazy lyrics guy. Um, Boston mobster James Whitey Bulger alleged that he had been subjected to weekly injections when he was in prison in Atlanta in 57. Here are some alleged suspects. Yes, 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 yes. Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> that tracks. The Unabomber. Saran Saran, who assassinated Robert Kennedy. Um, yeah, you know, let's give people drugs and not expect any consequences. Yeah. Uh, but also, op- like, do you feel like a lot of these people just were like, oh, yeah, I, I was drugged. And well, it's, <laughs> it's the government's fault that I done shot somebody in the government. Well, so Sirhan Sirhan... His in in the footnote it said his lawyer alleged that he had been part of this, and part of me was like, "Do you think maybe that was like his case?" Yeah, government gave him LSD. Um, but the so the operation was officially sanctioned in 1953. It was reduced in scope in '64, further curtailed in '67. You know, like it didn't take shutting it down didn't nope. take. And it was recorded to be halted in 73. There's a Canadian investigative journalist whose mother was a part of MKUltra who has looked into this a lot. And they say that that there are still MKUltra tests going on now. They've just changed the anagram. Um, And a a lot of journalists and stuff say that they drop a lot of these like crazier stories of like, oh, we're fucking with bird migration. And like, oh, we put a robot in a dog to make it sound ridiculous so that the other shit they did they're like it's easy to blow off like yeah yeah we did some super shit it wasn't that bad they did some really fucked up shit but if you throw a bunch of crazy conspiracy theories around it yeah um they said like the use of lsd and chemicals and all this stuff was you know mind control and we want to make mentoring candidates and we want to you know stop people from confessing and whatnot but they said they also used it to discredit people so like Oh, this guy's doing some crazy shit. This guy threw himself out of a window. Uh, it's the drugs. Yeah. Um, because th- they, they said the guy, Olsen, who, who died of defenestration, um, his kids uh, sued the government. Um, and then they exhumed his body later to like be buried next to their mother. And they decided to do a second autopsy. And there was blunt force trauma 
that occurred before the fall they were able to determine. Mm. So they're like, we think he was murdered. Yeah. And they're using this like MK Ultra as like, guys, we slipped in some bad acid and he died. Our bad, but really, you know, they could have they could have they could have him. killed him for whatever reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like like distraction tactics. Yeah. Um. And this goes just so much farther than just like drugging to test or you know let's see if we can use this for the red scare and whatnot. Like this was over so many branches with like such a wide array of like things they were testing and things they were trying and specific uses for those things. And it, it just the more you read about it, the more conspiracy theory or rest it sounds like, but it's not, there's, there's a show, the Rook that I'm watching and they're like, uh, yeah, there is a lot of conspiracy theorists who just happen to be correct, you know, yeah. about this, about the secret organization they have. And it's one of those of like, this might just be so crazy that it's there's nuggets of truth in it, and mm-hmm. we don't know like how serious this is because of all the crazy shit around it. Yeah, and it's really scary. And uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, came out around in '75 around Watergate and stuff. That was dubbed the the era of intelligence. Yes, this was when uh, they were trying to make things more um, transparent. And also hiding things up. And yeah. there was all of... It was controlled transparency. It was controlled transparency. And there was all of this like, look what the government's doing. And, and yeah. hey, there's this going on over here. And Watergate. And look, CIA fucked up. And now we're telling you about it because we're trying to be cool. Yeah, we're telling you. So clearly we tell you everything. Yeah. yeah. And then and then I remember first hearing about the Freedom of Information Act when, when Bush was in office mm-hmm. around September 11th. Because uh, they were like cool, we want to tweak this a bit so we can't give you all this information. But mm-hmm. we're doing it out of safety free because of terrorism. Yeah. Um, and it's just, there's so much that the government's not telling Is that us. when like the, like the, oh, but it's a matter of national security yes. came into the Freedom of, of Information Act? Yeah. The, Reagan tweaked some stuff and like... Oh, I'm sure everybody like added like a little caveat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I think it was Obama who tried to roll that back or mm-hmm. something like he had another thing to do with freedom information but yeah it was one of those and they pitched it really well it's like we're gonna tell you everything but like if it's not safe for you guys you don't we're doing this because we care and also if we like ki- if it doesn't fit into that but we also kind of just don't want to tell you it's gonna take you a really long time to get mm, this information yeah. i think it was bush that added in the cat the the amendment of you are not allowed any of the president's records. Mm. So it's like anything before the presidency, like we're doing that out of respect for the commander in chief, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's super fucked up. This was weird. Don't There's, do LSD kids. Don't do LSD kids. Or become a musician for the Grateful Dead. Only. That's the only thing you can do LSD for. That's the only, that's the only job that it is a, it's a requirement. It's a, it's a special, it's a skill that you, that uh, is required. Yeah. Um, there's because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, there's an uh, I think one of the very first episodes of uh, last podcast on the left that I listened to was the MK Ultra one. Yeah, um, because I didn't I'd heard of it. Yeah, but I didn't know a lot about it. I feel like there's always little like cultural like jokes about it. Like uh, Bill Hader, like the documentary now did one, yeah, yeah. and Bill Hader's like it's really funny. He's like it's black and white, and he's this 1950s guy with a cigarette, and he's tripping balls, and it's hilarious. And yeah. you're like, oh, but that was real. Yeah. So I like didn't I had always like kind of heard of it as like a like a referential joke, but I didn't really know anything about it. 
Um, so I recommend that. That uh, I think it, last podcast, last podcast, and the left episodes tend to be or like topics tend to span multiple episodes if there's something meatier. And I mm. think this is like a, I think that one's like a two episode arc. A tutor. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Got tutors. <laughs> Sorry, Got some tutors on the mind. Me a look, disapproving dad just a, look. Just a heavy, disappointed sigh. Also, I just want to put it on the record here. Um, Rip has been referred to as Pod Daddy in a lot of our social meds, mm-hmm. and all I can ever think about is like a like a dolphin, like a pod of dolphins, like the but like the dad. The but dad. like you're the dad. And are then, we gonna write? Are we gonna are we gonna write a children's uh, a children's book or? Well, series? I was gonna go a different way because oh. you you sent us a picture of that hat that just says Daddy, and I want to get the <laughs> Miami Dolphin over it. Uh. We're gonna make you some merch. We're gonna make some merch. We're make some very uh. rip specific merch. <laughs> rip specific. Yeah. Uh, one that just gives me a, the idea to start a uh, dolphin show called Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You see, cast, all it is. Just a wide net of topics. Mm. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, the heels and heels have kind of worn me down on the whole pod daddy thing. Yeah, too. Call your pod daddy. We'll refer to I'm gonna daddy. make you a hat, like like a dad hat. That's oh yeah. 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 <laughs> it's gonna have it's gonna have like a You're Miami dolphin on it. The day you met us, <laughs> if you don't already. That'll also work because I'm a Dolphins fan. I know because so, like, you're anybody, That's what it came from because you're from Florida. It's just like, wait, what? They don't get the pod part. It's like, yeah, I'm Dolphin Daddy. Screw it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> DD. I've also called. I've also referred to Rip for years as Grill Daddy. Well, so that's just, that was what I knew about you before I met you. Like, oh, was I, that I called him Grill Daddy? No, think, like like other uh, our friend Kate Birch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was on a house team with you, yeah. and I just remember her anytime she posted a picture of it's you. Grill I was Daddy. like, what is Grill Daddy? I see no grill in sight. What is going on? There's the 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 grill is in our hearts, and I think before. <laughs> Actually, when uh, when Natalie was like, "Hey, like, I want to do this podcast," Rip said he'd help out. I was like, "Who's Rip? Rich Camelucci? <laughs> Got nothing." Grill Daddy? And then we met with you, and afterwards, it was like, "That's Grill Daddy." <laughs> I was like, oh, "Oh, now I know who that is." You have to refer to him by the name that I know him as. <laughs> it's true. I have you have many names, names for everybody. <laughs> I love a good Nick, little, little nickname, little sticky Nick. Gross. Uh, <laughs> Well, wow. now that we've now that we've derailed the conversation, I do think I'm amused by the fact that you. Uh, uh, we've said this before, but but Cass and I don't know what the other person is going to do. But those sometimes for like tone purposes, will like I'll give you a heads up and be like, "Yo, mine's real heavy" or like something like that. Yeah. And uh, and I don't remember what I asked you, but uh, yesterday, but Cass texted me yesterday and said. Uh, and said like mine takes place in the seventies, and it's or it just said mine's real weird, and then you just wrote like seventies, <laughs> and I was like that could mean so many things. things, but I had a feeling that it meant I was like okay, I'm gonna guess we're in America in the seventies, <laughs> and uh, and that was part of the reason I was like I'm gonna go down this other road and take us way take back us, when yeah take us back to like the, the sixteen seventeen eighteen hundreds in Africa. A lot of our episodes in the beginning were like mirrored, like, oh, we're both going to kind of do this similar topic and then it'll branch from there. And now it's like I'm Africa get- in the 1600s and like LST in the 70s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nice yeah. complimentary colors right there. Yeah. Um, well, this has, been, this has been a joy and a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in there, guys. Thanks for, I think this thanks has for been sticking a with long us. One. Uh, uh, 
Jinx. If you guys, seriously, uh, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SharedPod. Uh, we post... Um, we post little uh, sound bites from some of our episodes. Yeah, we, we post like teaser content. Well, teaser content. I hate the word content so much. I'm a content curator. It's like content my brand curator. is just really gross. Um, but we show we show pictures of some of the stuff we talk about. Yeah. Um, we have we talked about a lot of books and plays and some of the other stuff, mm-hmm. and we'll drop some little tasty some tidbits, tidbits about that. that, some beats about that. And also, please uh, email us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear like. Maybe you heard this topic and you're like, oh, my God, I thought it was really interesting. And then did you know about this other thing? Mm-hmm. Or if you want to hear to- us talk about something specifically, email us. We'll have uh, DJ Rip filter those so we won't see what topics they are from each other. Or we will. Who cares? But we want to talk about some um, topics that you guys are interested in. Yeah. Natalie, what's that email? Oh, yeah. You can email us at uh, sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. If with any questions, corrections, or as Cass just said, suggestions. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us at those handles are at sharedpad. And that's Instagram and the tweeter. I want to make an Instagram account just for pod daddy. Just for pod daddy. It's just daddy. like dolphin pictures. It's just dolphins. Uh, I'm a doll fan. Oh no! On that note, I'm fired. <laughs> oh, this has been shared history. It's been fun. I'm your host, Cass Maher, and I'm that other host, <laughs> Natalie Younger. Share you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.